The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com From our nation's capital It is Tuesday, Feb 26, 2019 And this is The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hi, my name is Bob Hello, Bob Hi, coming up on today's show My radio pal, Buzz Burbank From Buzz Burbank News and Comment Is here today Hold the date, God damn it! God damn it! We're having a podcast today, unlike literally every Tuesday since 2015. All right, and uh, Michael Cohen is on the hill today. By the way, the first, uh, the first of three big days for Michael Cohen that should be totally loosening Trump's bowels. You never know, and you're an older guy. You never know when you need that kind of assistance, right? The Republicans keep saying the Democrats want to execute infants. We're going to debunk this nonsense right out of the chute today on today's show. Okay, before we get to all that, let's talk about Patreon. We have a huge guest lined up for this week, another free presentation on our Patreon page. It's the stupendous Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater and formerly of the John Fugelsang Show on Sirius XM Radio. I'm sure we'll hear Frank's perspective on why Sirius booted him from the building and what he plans to do next. So make sure to bookmark our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Again, bobseskashow.com. If you dig what you hear, please help support this completely independent podcast for $1 a month, $5, $10, or $15 per month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content, including our post-mortem show recorded after the end credits roll on our Tuesday and Thursday shows, along with our Friday after-party podcast and the 90-minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show, hence Frank Conniff tomorrow, with people like Malcolm Nance, John Fugelsang, Tony Atamanek, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela duo. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mr. President, you've been a governor and a president, so you have a unique experience looking at it from two directions. What do you think tribal sovereignty means in the, tri- in the 21st century, and how do we resolve conflicts between tribes and the federal and state governments? Yeah. Uh, tribal sovereignty means that it's sovereign. It's, you, you're a, you're a, you've been given sovereignty, and you're viewed as a sovereign entity. Okay. And therefore, the relationship between the federal government and tribes is one between sovereign entities. Bob Seska. I don't know what we're yelling about. The Bob Seska Show. Uh, it's a sovereign entity. See, kids, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to be uh, asked for a definition of something and then just say what the thing is. That that doesn't fly with most teachers. I'll just give you that uh, helpful, handy uh, tip here at the top of the show. It is the Trump crisis day, 768, 616 days until the 2020 presidential election. And sitting right over there is TV's Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. I And by the way, I have never been si- fired by Sirius. Oh. Uh, I just... I'm. I want to put that on my resume. I've never actually been fired by Sirius because <laughs> I've never been hired by Sirius. There you go. That's a good excuse as any, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating to listen to what it Frank will. Conniff has to say about that because it was uh, it hit us out of the blue. We didn't know what the hell happened. Of course, I'm on the John Fugelsang show every Monday, so I get to talk right. to Frank. 
but not anymore. And so uh, we're going to have Frank on on Wednesday to not only talk about his uh, his life story as a uh, as one of the the geniuses of comedy of our time, uh, but also this uh, business with uh, Sirius XM, which seems kind of unfair and weird. Well, indeed, and so you can uh, talk to him, continue to talk to him, and uh, so many people support Frank that. Uh, there's no question he'll he'll be back. Yes, in, indeed. In some form or fashion, and hopefully we'll hear a clue about that in in your interview this week. <laughs> right. So hold the date. It's Wednesday, right? right? right. Uh, point of order in uh, uh, one of Trump's tweets from over the weekend: the hold the date thing, where he announced <laughs> that there's going to be you know fireworks on the Fourth of July, which never ever happens in this country. Why didn't someone think of this before? But I mean, my God, the point of order I have is. Isn't the phrase save the date? When your presidency is about <laughs> detaining people, hold. Hold the date is yes. what you want to do. You want to arrest and detain the date. Uh, yes. Oh, And God. separate it from the rest of the week if possible. <laughs> Put the date in an internment camp is what you want to do. Right. So evidently we're going to have fireworks and a concert on the National Mall on the 4th of July, which is completely unheard of and never, ever, 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 ever happens before. See, that's what he does. He co-ops crap that already exists, and then he right. says, I invented this. And you know who was on top of this is Tony Atamanik and the president show. They did a special that was actually was literally called I Invented Christmas, a president show Christmas special. So, yeah. So, like, taking things that already exist, rebranding it and saying, it. oh, look, I just invented this thing, and nobody's ever said this before. This I can tell you. Our wonderful mutual listener, uh, Amy Taylor, uh, yeah. had a brilliant remark about... Uh, inventing uh, some kind of celebration. Perhaps we should have some kind of celebration on, uh, say, on or around the end of the year, on or around <laughs> December 31st. Uh, you know, uh, uh, people could gather. Uh, there could maybe be fireworks, you know. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Some sort of, you know, some way to, re- and because apparently no one's thought of this before. And yeah, that's, I know. That's, I mean, that's who we have as a president. I mean, I, I was just thinking, you and I were chatting before we started this, and I was thinking, this president gives on so many levels. You know, he's he's incompetent. Uh, he's crooked. Uh, he's you know he could be so many things to so many people. He's a perv. You know, it's whatever whatever is your favorite kind of or the kind of demon you most want to hate. Yeah. He can be that person for you. It's you know the perv thing is the thing that I don't understand. This is one of those things uh, where you know I feel bad for Kimberly because it's one of those things that you know in the middle of our evening we're watching Rachel or something like that, and I turn to Kimberly right. and I go, "Why do so many women want to have sex with this guy? I mean, how many people just agreed to?" open themselves up to this weirdo and just i mean looking at him i mean just he's a a skin bag full of trans fats i can't imagine why someone would want to get into a bed naked with this guy but but there it is i've studied this over the years and uh, i believe that uh, there are several uh, sort of surprising factors that can attract a woman to a man based on what i've been told i i don't and i wouldn't apply this to every woman i wouldn't pretend to do that but these are things i've heard and and witnessed over the years uh, I think sometimes women are attracted to power, yeah. the ability to really make things happen. I think sometimes they're uh, attracted to the ability to make them and other people laugh. Mm-hmm. That can be a, that can be an aphrodisiac for some women. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're at money. Obviously, can be a thing. Uh, you know, physical strength and fitness can be a thing. And and there are women who, for whatever reason, uh, the bad boy. Uh, mm-hmm. There have been, at least in in the past, women who were attracted to bad boys for whatever reason. Yeah. And and men who capitalized on that by 
giving the women what they thought the women wanted, which was being cruel to them. Yeah. And so I've observed all this and thought, wow, this is all very bizarre. And and so, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the, but this would explain in my mind the possibility, the possible reasons uh, that uh, that a woman could be, for whatever reason, uh, attracted to Trump in that yeah. way. Yeah, you're very, you know, very I'm, right. In fact, that's a, it's a really good way to put it because, you know, if you think about it in a different way, for example, there right. were women lined up around the block to be on that old show uh, with Joe Rogan, Fear Factor. So it's right. like for, for cash and prizes, you can get anyone, for that matter, to eat bugs and to be submerged in a tank full of snakes and crap like that. So I guess if you're close enough to things that are uh, of tangible power, like like money prizes uh, the, right. ho- the host Fame. of the, the apprentice yeah exactly right. that right. you'll do just about anything like you know and i just by the way compared you, do- having sex with yeah. donald trump to eating bugs and sitting in a tank full of snakes so <laughs> i think that's appropriate close. that's not you know but you have to be careful today what you say because we you are a sworn witness and uh, we are under oath here so that is absolutely true must and, only must only tell the truth and another point of order you know i was going through the news articles today about right. michael cohen's testimony he's up on the hill for three days straight two uh, closed uh, uh, hearings and then one open hearing that takes place tomorrow. And I was noticing that across so many different like major A-list publications, whoever was writing these uh, articles about Michael Cohen testifying on the Hill refused to include the names of the committees. It was just a little m- minor detail that I noticed in some of these articles, at least for God's sake. I mean, isn't that one of the who, what, where, why, when, how yeah, things that you I, learn yeah. in Journalism 101? Don't- I see a lot of disappointing things in journalism that way, yeah. especially on television. They used to have a thing called attribution, where <laughs> you, you when you put somebody up on the screen and they're talking, you also put up a little sign that says who they are and why we give a damn. Right, right. Uh, and and they don't do that anymore. It's just this random head talking at us. And like, who the hell is this person, and why are we listening to them? And and so and yeah, this it's just a basic tenet of journalism is to say that I fortunately have the calendar memorized. Yes. Well, today uh, he's in the Senate Intelligence Committee closed hearing right uh, up on the hill. That is, of course, the right. Republican controlled Senate Intelligence Committee, which and- means what he will be asked, what he's being asked today is. Why did you lie? Why are you a liar? Have you always been a liar? Uh, this, right. this is the round of questioning that he's going to get today from the Senate Intelligence Committee. And he knows that, and his lawyer knows, and yeah. he knows that going in. Yeah, and then tomorrow is the, the House Oversight Committee. That's going to be the gigantic one, because that's going to be yeah. a public hearing. We're going to see that on TV all damn day long. And uh, I wish I wasn't doing anything tomorrow, but I got oh, to talk to Frank Conniff tomorrow. So, And it's deadline day for my newscast. So yeah. I'm going to have to, I don't know, have it on while I write about other stuff uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and then keep having to update stuff. I mean, it's going to be... That tomorrow may be a, a a real crunch day for me in terms of trying to stay on top of that, if anyone cares. But uh, it's it is going to be a huge day. If there was ever a reason to uh, make popcorn at ten a.m. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. tomorrow, Wednesday is the day to do that. <laughs> right. They need to make like egg flavored popcorn. Why hasn't oh, I, anyone I, thought I, of that yet? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm sure well, then, then on Thursday is the uh, House Intelligence Committee. And, you know, initially right. I was like, well, why is Adam Schiff doing a private hearing with uh, Michael Cohen? Well, um, yeah. But I, I'm trusting that uh, Adam Schiff knows what he's doing. He knows yeah, why. I can, I can maybe shed some light on that because yeah. a lot of what they're going to ask him in that closed door hearing on Thursday the House Democrats on the mm-hmm. Intelligence Committee will be uh, questions uh, that involve national security yeah. and could, if exposed at that time, 
uh, jeopardize uh, ongoing investigations. Mm -hmm. And so they want the freedom to be able to ask him stuff they really shouldn't ask him about or that he shouldn't answer yeah. publicly uh, in the event of endangering either national security or justice. So uh, that is why that's behind closed doors. The good news about both of the closed door hearings <laughs> is that, as always, I mean, it's just it's a common practice now. We will get redacted transcripts of the testimony and the interviews of those hearings, even though they're behind closed doors, yeah. we will certainly get to see the gist of it and right. uh, quite quite a lot of it. Uh, and then, of course, the Wednesday thing is just wide freaking open. Yeah, it is. And I, uh, by the way, I saw a great question in the Washington Post today that that uh, somebody needs to ask Cohen uh, if they get the chance because they'll be asking him about it, a number of obvious things. But one of the suggested, one of the half dozen suggested questions from the Post was, "What else have you fixed for him?" <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I think is brilliant, a brilliant question because yep. because because Stormy Daniels and and Karen McDougal weren't the only things going fixed, and God doesn't that sound strange? I know uh, because they weren't the only uh, problems he fixed. What were the other problems? Maybe is it should we know about those? Yeah, you know what I want to know is I want to know if Michael Cohen arranged to pay for any abortions for Donald Trump. Mm. That, that's the main thing because right now Donald Trump that's come up. Yeah, yeah, he's spending a lot of time right now. Uh, Donald Trump is screaming on Twitter and elsewhere about how. <laughs> obvious this is an obvious campaign move is what it is but donald trump screaming that the democrats oh, yeah. want to execute infants in their cribs right and then of course mitch mcconnell threw a uh, a bill onto the floor uh, yesterday mm -hmm. uh that was promptly filibustered and rightfully so it's a bill to to ban doctors from murdering infants well it's about damn time don't you think <laughs> I when, know, when is this it. crime wave going to stop <laughs> When are people going to stop murdering infants? That's what I you want notice, to know. You notice the common theme here is murder, whether it's immigrants yeah. coming across the border to rape, uh, to kill us and rape the women, mm -hmm. or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the killing of infants at, at any stage of infancy. Unbelievable. Uh, no, this is all just bullshit to to fire up the base. Yep. And, and the... The, the painful, futile hilarity of this is uh, the base is not small enough to get him anywhere. He's mm -hmm. playing to a, a shrunken audience that the, in the end has no, I, I don't think has, except in certain states, uh, no real political clout. I think he's obsessed with grotesque and morbid things. Yes. I mean, as yes. evidenced by this round. Murders, 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 killings, murders. Yeah, he's just feeding that, feeding that idea. Murders, 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 killing murders into well, the heads of his disciples. And He's a drama queen, and he knows yeah. that this kind of drama fires people up. Yeah. He, he, used, he talks about murder a lot. He may have a bizarre fascination with it. He would seem to. But what's really clear is that he uses this fascination with murder and rape uh, to frighten and control people. Yep, exactly right. And to trigger them into voting based on their fears, right? They think that there are doctors out there and cruel, horrible, horrible women who murder their babies in their cribs shortly after they've been birthed, right? So right. one thing that let's make this completely clear to any, uh, of course, any red hats who might be tuned into this show. <laughs> no, uh, but nevertheless, if they are, you should know this, red hats. Executing infants is already illegal. I mean, I'm just throwing this out what? here as a... 
as a matter of fact. And this bill was merely a way to codify the absurdity, this fear mongering. They wanted to codify it into the congressional record. And that's why this bill is where it is. They also wanted to get Democrats uh, votes on uh, on the record as uh, having filibustered this thing. It's called the uh, the born alive bill. Right. Which is just the dumbest name. If you're born alive, you have been birthed and therefore you are a person and therefore it is murder to to execute someone who has been born. That's what this is all about. I mean, this this doesn't matter. It's a it's a trick is what it is. It's a campaign ploy. (laughs) And they wasted Senate time on this. How many abortions? And again, I go back to this. How many abortions? Because Donald Trump tweeted this uh, uh, yesterday. He said, Senate Democrats just voted against legislation to prevent the killing of newborn infant children, which is already illegal. Jesus what's what, what's amusingly ironic about this is yeah. that they are so focused on these bizarre topics, these you know the murders and the rapes and the abortions and mm-hmm. all of that, and yet in the 2020 campaign, Trump and the RNC plan to focus on painting Democrats as crazed lunatic liberals. Yep. So what's the the, the ironic part is, of course the. It's the lunatics who are calling us out. You know, it's the people who are raving about uh, abortions that don't exist. They are the same people who raved about uh, Im- immigrants who don't exist. They're the same people who, you know, raved about uh, fraudulent voters who don't exist. Uh, there's always a boogeyman. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. that one nation under fear. I always like to give that a plug because <laughs> I think you. it's a great phrase that really... <laughs> It applies today as much as it did uh, for George W. Bush. Exactly right. And as Fourth of July fireworks and concerts on the mall have always been a thing, executing infants <laughs> has always been a. Th- it's always it's been illegal. You it's know, all for, it's all for show. Yeah, really you know, is. and 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 yes, and and people, I, I run into this a lot. Yeah, but as well as believers, his followers will always believe him. They'll still stick with. Him. Yes, they will. Mm-hmm. But they, they are a minority and a shrinking minority. That's right. And uh, they no longer have the clout. See, the only reason uh, Trump supporters got away with electing him, and I mean, there are lots of reasons you could point to, but uh, but a, a lot of it was the, the fact that you know he was he was he spoke extremely. He spoke the things they'd like to to say yeah, and, and and because he was a, a come in and turn over the tables kind of guy he picked up a lot of democratic <laughs> votes uh, people mm-hmm. who maybe might have voted for bernie yeah. uh you know had had sanders been a candidate uh, in the in the uh, general election in 2016 yep so uh, you know he 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 doesn't have those folks anymore that's a huge chunk of his vote that's right and and i don't think he has the sort of russian help that that he had before uh it's still there but uh in a much smaller scale here's the rest of that tweet by the way buzz he said the democrat ah. the democrat position of course that's uh-huh. a misnomer right. should be democratic position on, on abortion is now so extreme that they don't mind executing babies after birth Right. This he said here. This will be remembered right. as one of the most shocking votes in the history of Congress. If there is one thing we should all agree on, it's protecting the lives of innocent babies. And you know what? Sorry, we already right. do agree on that. I thought, but of course, right. Donald Trump it's, is the one throwing babies into internment camps. So Democrats, should... yeah, Democrats are evil uh, because yeah. of babies because, right, because they kill babies. And and this is 
You know, and it, they're, it, he's saying Democrats are crazed liberals mm-hmm. who want to kill babies. And that is the 2020 message that they're going to carry throughout this. Yes, uh, Crazed is. liberals who want to let in criminal immigrants, crazed liberals who want to kill babies. That's the, 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 the barn they're going to paint in this election. Yeah. And, and in the process, it will be clear that uh, they're the ones who's, who are crazed. You know, Buzz, there are so many members of the uh, House Oversight Committee. I'm not sure exactly how many members there are because, because it's on the House side. There are many more members on, on the House versions of all these committees than there are in the Senate versions of all these committees. And that means there's lots of questions right. that can go around. So you don't yes. want to duplicate someone else's question, right? So right, right. I'm just I'm just sowing uh, ideas here. <laughs> okay. um, someone on the House Oversight Committee has got to ask Michael Cohen, how uh-huh. many abortions Donald Trump has paid for via Michael Cohen? Because I think the answer is going to surprise Donald Trump's supporters. Not going to surprise the rest of us. We all know. I mean, obviously, Donald Trump has paid for abortions. I think that much is clear. Uh, I mean, we, we don't have evidence to prove it yet, but I think Michael Cohen probably does. But in that context, the big bombshell news of the day with regards to uh, Michael Cohen is that Says who? Michael Cohen is going to accuse Trump of engaging in criminal activity in the months before the 2016 election. Right. right uh, right. Plus, Cohen is expected to discuss Trump's racism and right. his propensity to lie about or exaggerate his wealth, as well right. as present some of Trump's financial documents, according right. to uh, according to sources. So what that means is not only is Michael Cohen going to blow the whistle in the House Oversight Committee on, on Donald Trump, but then he's also going to provide documents to back up all of that crap. And I think that is the best news that we've seen since the Michael Cohen sentencing memo. You Absolutely. Know? I, he is expected to uh, to testify that uh, Trump at one point said black people are too stupid to vote for me. Uh-huh. Uh, we had heard about that before. Uh, that's expected to come up. I do, by the way, hope uh, somebody asked about the, the asked the abortion question. I, I think they have to be very careful, uh, you know, and and I, I, it might go to. But what do we really need for this case? And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think the Democrats are going to want to be careful not to make themselves look too dirty in this process. Yeah. They're going to want to try to remain uh, very professional and, and very judicious. Yeah. So I don't know if it'll get asked. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Cohen would know that. It would be something. <laughs> and I, I would be interested if... Uh, if somebody were to ask that question. Well, there's a big caveat, I think, with that question. And this is uh, kind of making me hesitate a little bit about my suggestion, which is that what it could end up doing is it could end up outing the women who have actually had the abortions um, against their yeah, will. And, well, and that wouldn't be necessary. That wouldn't, that yeah, wouldn't, yeah. There's, we, those, that can be redacted, you know. That's, uh, that's what, true. Any, any, yeah. any damning, any, any uh, material that would indicate who or where they are can be redacted. So yeah, yeah. You'd still, you'd still have that ability. What was the very first item you were reading a bit from that article about uh what cohen's expected to talk about and i wanted to because there were really a couple of aspects to that first item if you could yeah it. yeah so they're going to be talking about trump's criminal activity in the months before the 2016 ah, election stop. yeah yes and after uh cohen is expected to testify about criminal activity he knows the president engaged in yep. while trump was president and this would include uh, the the payoff money and and so I think it's important to uh, point out that not only is this stuff Trump did before uh, being sworn in but after yeah and a little bit of detail on the exaggerate his wealth uh, uh, phrase right. here. 
Right. That is actually specific to Donald Trump's tax evasion, because as we know, Donald Trump has engaged in a long time tax scheme in order to right. protect his wealth from the federal government and so got on. Got it from his father. Got it yeah. from his father. Exactly mm-hmm. right. And so now we're going to learn some details about that. I assume already that uh, Donald Trump's tax returns have been subpoenaed or they probably will be soon by the House Oversight Committee. Well, and remember also that Alan Weisselberg, I'll say his name correctly at this time, because he, he did totally and completely flip for the government in exchange for total immunity. Yeah. I, isn't he like the only guy who's gotten total immunity in exchange for his testimony, in exchange for not being facing federal criminal charges? I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and see, that's the money man, and he worked uh, with Apollo. Wait, I thought the money man was any money. Wait, <laughs> I know, I, I realized I had to take it someone else's moniker there, but <laughs> he was Trump's money guy, and he worked very closely with Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. Cohen knows a lot of what Weisselberg is, as knows and, and what Weisselberg has told Robert Mueller and, and New York prosecutors. Um, so... Uh, Cohen may have some interesting stuff to reveal there, but the most interesting stuff, and I guess we should be on some level grateful to Alan Weisselberg for being so darned cooperative uh, because he knew everything. (laughs) You know, he's an old guy with a lot on the line here, and uh, and really he was just following orders for what that's worth. Uh, And as far as we know, his uh, counting didn't get anybody killed. So uh, with his total cooperation with prosecutors, if it helps ferret out bigger and... uh, more devastating crimes than, you know, uh, safe travels to him. Oh, exactly right. And as you were saying earlier, the Republicans are fully expected to uh, take the singular approach in these hearings, yeah. which is to discredit Michael Cohen as being a crook and a liar. And as we've seen from Sarah Huckabee right. Sanders already, that's what they're yes. doing. They're trying yes. to say that this guy is going to lie, do whatever and, he can to escape full uh, legal jeopardy. And that, and, and, and there ends the tragic comedy is, yeah. is that uh, the only people who believe that, yes, Trump's base will eat up uh, Sarah Sanders' words and they'll eat up the words of the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, and their incriminating questions. Uh, but uh, they don't much matter at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not going to stop the wheels of justice, certainly. No, 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 no. You know, in fact, you use that phrase, eat up. Speaking of that, you know, <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that Donald Trump's lunch has been eaten time and time again <laughs> on crucial negotiations, completely dispelling the concept of Donald Trump as this some, some sort of deal-making wizard. Oh, yeah. You know, the yeah. whole bullshit art of the deal thing. And that was put into full focus on Friday, I think it was, when the U.S. trade representative, Robert Lighthizer, and this delegation from China, this uh, trade delegation from China, uh, arrived at the Oval Office and sat down with Trump as he held court about this ongoing trade war of choice. And the exchange that took place in that meeting in front of, you know, the vice premier of China and this entire delegation, which Trump would later go on to mock with their glasses and everything yesterday in a in a separate speech. But on Friday, it was fully revealed how Donald Trump and this is on video. We've got the te- we got the audio of it. We're going to be playing it here in a second. <laughs> it's fully revealed that Donald Trump doesn't know what the F he's doing when it comes to trade negotiations or any negotiations whatsoever. Instead of knowing the details or even the sort of the broad stroke right. details yeah. of what the plan is, rather than going into that, instead, he was just he was weirdly obsessed with what to call the document, the nomenclature 
culture that's being used to refer to the trade agreement. And he was obsessed with that mainly because he couldn't speak on the actual facts of the deal. And it was obvious. Again, it was another situation where just like an eighth grader who hasn't done the studying being required right. to bullshit right. his way through an essay exam or an oral test or something like that in school. We've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's been to grade school has seen that happen. Well, we're going to play here. Yeah. And I and I don't mean to laugh because I was chuckling throughout that. But yes, this will be uh, like the Chinese delegation uh, meeting with an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's easy. And, and the other thing I'll say going into this tape is... Uh, keep in mind as you listen if there's one thing uh, donald trump cares about it's accuracy yeah and you know what he needs maybe this would help donald trump a little bit because we've heard so much about donald Uh, trump only getting a few hours of sleep at night you know what maybe he needs to get himself a hollow pillow i Uh, I don't know but see he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't deserve a hollow pillow. He, do- he our, doesn't. Our, our fine listeners deserve a hollow pillow because I enjoy mine so much. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Buzz enjoys his hollow pillow. I love my hollow pillow. The best night's sleep I've had in a long time. I, I like to combine it with my Brooklyn and sheets. It's an amazing combination. No more restless nights of flipping and reshaping the pillow to get cool and dry. Now I wake up, and so does Buzz, as cool as the other side of the pillow because we now sleep on a hollow pillow. In fact, Buzz and I share the same one and we, we put our heads down right next to each other and in a, in a kind of spooning position and you you and i are like trump and kim we fell in love you you send beautiful letters and we share a hello pillow that's exactly right i don't know why the commercial went so horribly awry there but there it was the hello pillow of course stays cool while giving my head neck and shoulders perfect support all night long night after night a lot of us have spent good money on mattresses but still haven't found the right pillow. Hollow pillows are filled with natural buckwheat hulls that are eco-friendly. They don't give off gases and they don't collapse. The buckwheat's grown and milled in American farms before the hulls go into Hollow's pre-shrunken certified organic unbleached cotton twill casing. All right here in the U.S. of A. Hollow pillows breathe and stay cool and most importantly conform to your head, neck, and shoulders for a truly restful night's sleep. I'm so happy with mine. I'm proud to give it to my personal endorsement and proud that a percentage of the profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Hollow pillows are available in three sizes, small, standard, and king. Pick one that works best for your bed. And right now, depending on the size, you can save up to 20 bucks on each additional pillow with fast, free shipping. But you can only get that deal by going to hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. That's hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. Say hello to a healthy and restful night's sleep and wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow. Thank you for supporting this brilliant company and this show at hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. Hollow Pillow slash B-O-B-C. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Indeed, is it our Tuesday show with Buzz, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, yes, welcome to Planes, Trains, and Authoritarians. <laughs> That's right. Those aren't pillows. Those aren't hollow pillows, damn it. All right. Uh, we're talking about this uh, this meeting in the uh, Oval Office with Trump and U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer. Bob. I like to call him Bob. In fact, when sure, I see him, I, I say, Hello, Bob. Hi. Hi, Bob. Bob he Lighthizer. Insists. 
Indeed. One of the many Bobs on this planet. Um, and then a whole bunch of representatives from China were there, too. And Donald Trump proceeded to embarrass himself and the entire country in front of television cameras. All of humanity. Exactly. What this was supposed to be was another bit of Fox News performance art, right? This was supposed to underscore Donald Trump as this deal-making wizard, as this genius who can make the, the greatest deals ever, the most tremendous deals, very, very tremendous deals. Or the class show-off, whichever. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So what happened was is just absolute mayhem, where he ended up descending into this uh, wheel-spinning thing with <laughs> the nomenclature used to describe what the agreement is. doesn't matter what the actual details are. All he cared about was that the document was being referred to as a memorandum of understanding. And just before we actually play this audio, I just want to say Donald Trump comes from a world most recently before politics of television deals, where normally what they do is they give you a term sheet, like a one page thing that says, here are the general terms of the contract that we're going to right. draft. And right. if you approve of that, you and your agent and whoever sign that term sheet, and then it gets spawned off into a longer form contract right. which can be anywhere from 20 pages to 200 pages in some cases so donald trump thinks that it's the same process to do you know international trade deals <laughs> just it's like, like an do engagement it. ring it's like an engagement ring or from a sports standpoint a yeah. letter of intent to sign <laughs> exactly right so instead of talking about the details of the thing which he can't talk about because he's uh -huh. completely inept he doesn't read he doesn't know anything right instead of doing that he's just obsessed with the term memorandum of understanding until uh -huh. finally bob lighthizer jumps in and says you know what we're just yeah screw it we're not even going to call it that anymore he just gets it th this is one of the most amazing Amazing bit of tape that I've ever heard from Donald Trump ever. Here we go. I think the MOU is going to be very short term. No, I, we expect to go into. I and of course, he's, MOU is Memorandum of Understanding. I don't like MOUs because they don't mean anything. To me, they don't mean anything. I think you're better off just going into a document. I was never, uh, never a fan of an MOU. As long as an MOU is a contract, it's the way. Okay, so here goes Robert Lighthizer. Uh huh. He turns around to the press behind him and it, says, "I told you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No more fucks to give. I can only imagine this guy in closed door meetings, beating his face up against a wall, trying to talk to Donald Trump about things like facts and reality and having Donald Trump sideline everything like he always does with some bullshit tangent skewed off into nothingness. You know, it's like the time Andrew McCabe was telling uh, Lawrence O'Donnell the other night about how Donald Trump was being briefed on those spy compounds in Maryland and uh -huh. New York, right? That were right. being occupied by Russians. And instead right. of addressing that, Donald Trump went off onto this whole thing about how Venezuela has the oil and we should be at war with them because of the oil. Yeah, well, it had been stewing on his mind. You yeah, know? Exactly. But he's yeah. telling a couple of, uh, you know, off the street uh, federal agents this who have nothing to do with international <laughs> foreign policy, you know. But this is the sort of thing he always does. He just doesn't he doesn't grasp or he feels like he's out of anything. his depth. So he needs to say something. It doesn't matter what it is. He just blurts whatever's in his worm ridden brain. So here's more of this. Okay. We and, continue. Yeah, notice the uh, uh, sound of aggravation in uh, Robert Lighthouse's <laughs> oh, yeah. voice. Good document. I was never uh, never a fan of an MOU. So an MOU is a contract. It's the way trade agreements are generally used. People refer to it like it's a term sheet. It's not a term sheet. It's an actual contract between the two parties. 
A memorandum of understanding is a binding agreement between two people. He said to explain it 12 different ways. A memorandum of understanding is a contract. We don't need a second document, Trump, you idiot. You stupid fucking moron. We don't need to make something else. This is the thing. This is what we're negotiating. Can I explain it to you a few more times in a few different ways? <sighs> so it's what, just- I, what I get from that is that he, he understands Trump knew what a term sheet was, but he couldn't remember what it was called. Or he didn't. <laughs> Didn't know what it was called. Right. So the guy says, uh, Bob says, uh, Bob. M-O-U or Memorandum, memorandum of Understanding. Right. Trump responds, no, no, I want a document. He's like, stop it, Bob. He can't even think of term sheet or any other more specific term than document. Right. You know, the junk mail you get is a document. I mean, oh. it, you know, he so he, he's really he's lost on that. And and then he, the guy says, uh, Bob says, no, it's a contract. Oh, and it's not a term sheet. So he knows, <laughs> Bob knows what Trump means. Bless his heart cuz yeah. nobody else does. Uh, and and then he and then he adds a binding agreement in one of as you said the many ways he tried to explain to Trump that they're all the same thing and yeah. shut up this is how it's done <laughs> yeah exactly it's a one step process you negotiate right. a document well, and that document is the final thing Trump thinks it's a two stage process and he will not let that go he just keeps thinking. That this is how it's got to be, but it, he doesn't want it to be that way. He doesn't like the hard words. That's right. It's detailed. It covers everything uh, in, in, in great detail. It's just called a, a memorandum of understanding. It's a legal term. It's a contract. And would you think that that would be a very long-term deal, sir? Yes. Contracts last while they last. There's no term. They last while they last. Mr. Mr. President, President, on North By the way, I disagree. I think that a memorandum of understanding Here we go. is not a contract uh, to the extent that we want. We're going to have we're doing a memorandum of understanding that will be put into a final contract, I assume. But to me, the final contract is really the thing, Bob. And I think you mean that, too. He just he doesn't hear the no. facts that are being presented to him and told to him. There's no need to do a second document. There's he no reason to be sidetracking. He, he doesn't listen to experts right. because he believes he's the expert. Exactly. But I mean, the larger point in all of this uh-huh. is none of this even matters. He's saying this in front of the Chinese delegation. I mean, they're oh. all sitting there. I mean, the vice premier actually starts laughing at Trump. Yes. It, yeah. It's you can hear that. staggering and embarrassing. And it's amazing. They all didn't just walk out. And I would have been inclined if I was Bob Lighthizer. Uh, Bob. If I was Bob Lighthizer, I would have walked out there and I would well, have risked you know, being you know. fired by Trump just to make sure that my reputation was unattached from Donald Trump's re- reputation because it seems to me as if, you know, you, you don't want to go down with this Titanic. You want to get away. Heiser was clearly frustrated, but yeah. I think like a lot of Trump aides at a certain point, you you let it go. But he, he, it was clear that his patience was tested at yep. that moment, that he was near the edge, uh, you know, and uh, Fortunately, I guess for him, held himself back from it. But this just underscores what I have said before and bears repeating, which is Trump knows nothing about nothing. You know I mean, <laughs> right. he, he just he he is he, like I said, he gives on so many levels of uh, uh, undereducated and ill-informed mm-hmm. uh, among them. So but it gets even worse, Buzz. Hang on. To oh, no, here, there's here more. Yes, there's more contract uh, to the extent that we want. We're going to have we're doing a memorandum of understanding that will be put into a final contract, I assume. But to me, the final contract 
is really the thing, Bob, and I think you mean that too, is really the thing that means something. A memorandum of understanding is exactly that. It's a memorandum of what our understanding is. Okay, and it's and, and tribal <laughs> sovereignty is also sovereign. I mean, I mean, my God, a memorandum of understanding is just that. It's a memorandum of our understanding. When you played that George W. Bush tape at the top of the show, <laughs> it occurred to me, <clears throat> sort of the difference and similarity uh, between Bush and Trump. Mm. Uh, Bush, we heard Bush noodle it through. We hear Trump not having a clue. Right, <laughs> right. So one had to like noodle it through. Uh, Bush was thinking out loud there and finally figured <laughs> out how to describe yeah. the separate sovereignties of Native American tribes and the United States. Exactly. Uh, and and, and he, he actually got there but in an embarrassing fashion in which you could hear people tittering in the background. Yeah. Uh, and, and I believe you could hear some on this tape, as you said, the, the Chinese guys uh, had to restrain themselves. I, I guess the Trump staff have gotten used to restraining themselves or perhaps like us, no longer find it funny, but yeah. it's, it's, it's hilarious and frightening at the same time. And the real overriding message here is, this completely uninformed individual is the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. That's right. the big story here. And, and watch Robert Lighthizer is going to come up with a solution to all of our problems here. Now this is, this is a genius solution <laughs> that he comes up right. with right again, right in front of the Chinese <laughs> coming up with this whole solution for, oh, for Trump's stupidity. But to me, the contract is uh, the real question is Bob. So we do a memorandum of understanding, which frankly you could do or not do. I don't care if you do it or not. To me, it doesn't mean very much, but if you do a memorandum of, how long will it take to put that into a final binding contract? What? From now on, we're not using the word memorandum of understanding anymore. We're going to use the, the, the term trade agreement, all right? Okay. Right. No. He's like, he's like, no, yeah. we're not even going to use that word anymore. We're just going to call it a trade agreement so we can get past this gigantic roadblock of nincompoopery. This is just the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. This is the art of the deal guy. Remember, right. he's got an entire book. There was a board game called The Art of the Deal about Donald Trump's brilliance at cutting all of these great deals for himself and making all kinds of money because of his genius at cutting deals. He doesn't know anything. Oh, we'll never and use the term. Good. We'll have the same document. It's going to be called a trade agreement. We're never going to use MOU again. Are they going to put that into another game? Oh, my God. You know what? That, that is like the punchline from like a screwball 1950s yes. comedy is what that yeah. is. Yeah, the sitcom is, yeah, Mom, aren't we going to get Lucky Charms? And then, boom. <laughs> Exactly right. I mean, yeah, and so Lighthizer says, "Okay, no, we're not going to use memorandum of understanding anymore. We're just there's going to be one document, and we're going to call it a trade agreement." And then Trump's response is, "Are we going to do a second agreement? Are we going to put that into another agreement? Because I think we need to have another agreement." And it's like, "It's like yes, but do I still get chocolate?" That's because it really, in the end, he wants the chocolate, which is the contract. Oh. He wants he wants to tell the American people and the electorate, which is, again, what this is all about, that he has a contract. Oh, my and, God. And, you know, uh, poor Bob Lighthouse or whatever his name is keeps trying to explain to him uh, that, that, you know, no, it's, it's, it is a contract. It's, you know, okay, we'll call it whatever you want. Trump is crazy. Yeah. And you don't, a, a good business person knows you don't call out your people in front of guests yeah you right know, that's you just a great point clients you you don't do that <laughs> uh it was very brave again of lighthouser light light lighthouser it was very very you know uh 
brave of him to speak up in front of company like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, can you imagine being in a, a deal negotiation with your agent, for example, uh, and instead of talking about the deal points, all you're doing is obsessing over what to call the deal. And finally, right. when your agent and the person you're negotiating with says, hey, you know what? We're not even going to worry about what it's called. There's going to be one document, and then we're going to give you that document, and you're going to sign that document with the Chinese. And then the, the response is, well, is there, is there going to be a second document? Stop I mean, just such utter and complete incompetence. And, yeah. and yeah. this, and this yeah. and, myth. And it's frightening, yeah. yeah. It's frightening that someone this ignorant... This prejudice, this hateful, uh, all of these things can can be the president of the United States. It's like I said at the top, it, mm-hmm. he has something for everyone to hate. <laughs> he, he has somehow managed to engulf, like a comic book superhero that we've mentioned before, yeah. uh, it, the ability to have all of these horrible qualities. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, and we haven't even gotten to the sexual assault yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which, welcome to oh, 2019. We're in the- oh, there's a there's a 22nd one. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. We're in the worst timeline. If there's a, a bunch of tangents off the space time continuum, like uh, like they explain in Back to the Future, we're in the worst one. We're in the one in which Biff becomes the uh, the king of the town, and he's at the top of the giant uh, Biff Tannen uh, uh, suites and casinos. And uh, and everything sucks, and and George McFly is dead, and Donald Trump is the fucking president. All right, we're gonna take uh, one one last break and come back to the. Oh God! The, the you know, next- if 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 Satan were gonna pick a, a president for the United States, you you <laughs> would have thought he would have gotten somebody better. Yeah, Jesus Christ! You think Satan would be more competent? Don't you think? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, back with more show right after these words. Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have loaded up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter than socks on a rooster... Then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees, too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I just noticed this tweet by uh, Candace Owens of the, uh, you know, the intellectual dark web is what they're calling this group of uh, (laughs) Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens and 
Oh my God! They're they're the furthest thing from actual intellectuals, as evidenced by this tweet that I noticed. Uh, oh, why do you look at this stuff? Yeah, well, it I pops worry in. about you. Don't look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they keep ringing the bell, uh, Buzz. So I keep having to make all the stops. Uh, block, block, block. Exactly. Well, you know, she was watching the Oscars. Candace Owens was and saw mm-hmm. that uh, short documentary called uh, "Period End of Sentence" won the uh, Oscar for Best Short. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and during the acceptance speech of the women who made the, that uh, documentary, they mentioned something called menstruation and quality. Um, and, <laughs> and Candace Owens is all kinds of, of offended by this. And, you know, I hadn't planned to talk about this. But I just noticed pop up in my uh, my Twitter feed here as we were doing the commercial. And uh, yeah, not so intellectual, because if she had actually read about what was going on in that movie or if she had actually watched the movie on Netflix, she would know that there are women and girls who are banned from school if they're on their period in some places in the world, other women are and girls are often beaten up and subjected to violence w- because they're on their period and so on. Yeah, a lot yeah. of women don't even have access to the proper sanitary uh, uh, napkins and, and tampons and things like that that they require. They should have thought of that before things. they menstruated. That's exactly right. God damn, why do those women not think of those things? So <sighs> ignorance. It's all ignorance. It's, it's, it's just totally ignorance. ignorance. Yep. It's a hate, hate and fear and uh, oppression are all born out of the same thing which is mm-hmm. ignorance no. and by, by it's a little I, I don't mean to go from a heavy subject to a lighter one but uh in defense of spike lee's black klansman which i believe is absolutely hands down the best movie of 2019 uh one of the most thoughtful it's a movie you come out of the theater you come out of a screening and and you feel strangely better in spite of what you've just witnessed. Hmm. You feel wiser. You feel like you have a better understanding of the people who make up America. It's a, one of the most uh, thoughtful and captivating things. I've, I mean, I was just riveted wow. by this movie, which is one of the reasons it was my personal favorite. Wow. Uh, and and, and uh, Spike uh, has taken it kind of well, uh, although... Losers don't normally speak up. Uh, and by the way, he did win for best screenplay. I really thought uh, of all the greatest, uh, great films that he's made, that uh, Black Klansman was, is his so far masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he can even top it. It's that good. Uh, but it, it should have gotten more recognition, either as best director or, or as best picture. Uh, and and so I was very disappointed in in the outcome of that. Yeah. And if you get a chance to see Black Klansman, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And people of almost all political stripes, uh, almost all, there's thirty percent who wear red hats who won't like it. But the other seventy percent <laughs> of the country, uh, and I'm talking about moderates uh, here, uh, are going to to benefit and in, from and enjoy that movie. And and I just, you know, props to Spike Lee, who now believes, as he put it, he's snake bit uh, <laughs> when it comes to winning an Oscar uh, yeah. for Best Picture or even even as Best Director. Well, I think he was rightfully pissed that it went to uh, Green yeah. Book because there's lots lots of controversy about Green Book and the the message. Very nice movie, that. very yeah. nice movie. But we're it's a movie that could have been released uh, 15, 20 years ago. It's yeah. a little it's a little bit simplistic. I mm. read that it is historically inaccurate in some ways. Uh, that's not terribly important if a movie has a good message and it does, but we're, we, Spike Lee's message was so much more sophisticated. Green book was sort of elementary school 
uh, level of yeah. racial education, whereas uh, Black Landsman was a college course. It was fantastic. Yeah, and I feel terrible because I haven't seen it yet. In fact, this oh, is one of those years you, in which you will be in. You will be entertained. You will love the music. You will love the uh, costuming and hair. You will love uh, all of the characters of uh, the, the the blacks and the Jews and the whites and everybody in this movie. Uh, it's just fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see because. Spike, it's almost as if the film were made by a person of no color, mm -hmm. by a person who's color blind, because he was so representative of the various races and 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 politics involved. Indeed, and you know what? Um, I'm I'm dying to see that. And it, I think the only movie I saw that was nominated for Best Picture was Bohemian Rhapsody. And quite Great frankly, I, I, I like it. I, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody was a wonderful movie from a, a character point of view and from a performance mm -hmm. point of view. I thought Rami Malek was outstanding as Freddie Mercury. I've said that many yeah. times here uh, of the past couple of years since I saw it. And then uh, the only problem with uh, I had with that movie is the storytelling was a bit formulaic. In fact, there's a uh, an interesting well, YouTube. Sure. There's an interesting YouTube video about uh, how there's sort of a movie biopic format that a there lot is. of these movies follow. Right? There is, but don't we go to these movies for the music? Yeah, and for in this case, some insight into Freddie Mercury, which we got. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, as a film, if we're going to evaluate film, maybe it wasn't the greatest movie ever. But if you want to go and, and uh, learn a little something about Freddie Mercury and see amazing performances, uh, the, the Live Aid performance, the, yeah. the, the you know, the uh, Brian May, uh, who's a, a freaking astrophysicist in real life. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I mean, it was so weird to see the Oscars open with an astrophysicist playing guitar uh, front uh, center stage. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that was that was kind of, you know, nerds, nerds can come out all right. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah. that, was, that was kind of interesting. But. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 everything that it was supposed to be. I've read mm -hmm. the criticisms of, of Rhapsody and 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 even of uh, even of, of other, some of the other Great movies. Book. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been watching um, the actual footage from Live Aid of the Queen performance, right, just right. like on on endless loop. I think I'm driving Kimberly nuts because she's like every time she passes by my office, you, <laughs> she can hear Radio Gaga playing on loop inside my inside my office, and and it's it's only because it's just I forgot how pulse-pounding yeah. and inspiring that performance was. And I saw it live when it happened. It was the day after my birthday in 1985. And and so it was like a second birthday celebration. I got to sit and watch MTV for the entire day. And uh, and this entire Live Aid performance, including that Queen performance, and I, I hadn't seen it since then until I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. And then remembered, I was like, oh my God. Because a lot of times what I do is I'll focus on like the U2 performance from right. uh, and some of the other performances. Uh, because there was, it, was, it was like like we were uh, drowning in riches of just so many great uh, rock and roll yeah, performances. And, that and show. That one of the things that the movie reminded me, I'd sort of forgotten how much music Queen had made. I mean, yeah. you know, you hear a song here or you hear one there and you go, well, oh, it's and, until you hear them all sort of grouped together mm. like that. You don't realize uh, what a, you know, what a massive libretto it turned out to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, well, you know, the story was a little formulaic. The the overall takeaway of it was was yeah. just such a, a, you know, it was one of those movies that you really need to see, especially in this era when we're inundated with tragedy and awfulness and stress and yeah, crisis. Yeah, yeah. To, to have a movie that, you know, and I, I was really pleased too, and this is a weird observation, 
observation to make, and I hate to get off on uh, tangents like this. I know you want to hear about uh, politics and shit like that, but you know, <laughs> fuck, okay, I fuck it, I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's talk about this. But I mean, the thing that I um, recognized in myself after I watched <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is I realized that um, I, I haven't gotten too old. To be inspired by music, to and rock and roll, yeah. by by rock and roll, to to hear great recording artists, uh, whether it's now or in their primes in the seventies or eighties right. or what have right. you, to and hear there is some good music today. By the way, I enjoy yeah. uh, some of the alternative music. Uh, yeah. I have some some real favorites there. There's some good music being made. I, I don't know if it is or will be uh, as great as. Uh, say queen for example but uh you know we're it's not like we're starving out here yeah. which is amazing when you think about there are only really eight notes well you so know how I, mathematically how many songs could there be <laughs> right right well you know and it, it also made me a little jealous that unlike uh, you buzz i, I didn't uh, get to do radio in the 70s uh, doing fm radio especially in the 1970s uh, must have just been such an amazing because i mean that what talk about a decade for music i mean that yeah, was yeah. really one of the high watermarks it, of the entire it was. history of, of it, it music was. I was I was the news guy, but I could I could listen to the music, and I I started out at a top forty radio station, so I heard the hits, and then yeah. you know worked at FM's and stuff, so I heard the album rock as well, and uh, yeah, so yeah, it's all good memories. Oh God, yeah, and it, you know a great book about that is uh, Jim Ladd's book uh, mm-hmm. called Radio Waves, and it's uh, just a fantastic look I at freeform rock radio uh in california uh, throughout the 70s and how it eventually right. got co-opted and commercialized into the 80s and so on just an amazing document uh and a look at a time in which uh there was all kinds of freedom in, and a freedom that we're rediscovering now in the form of podcasts so things seem to be coming full circle a little bit and it's too bad that it's not happening on broadcast anymore but you know <laughs> what what can you do yeah uh, but it's a it's a whole new world on on podcasting which yeah. is why frank conniff is going to do so well especially with the 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 big uh, supportive following that he already has it it gave me a place to go you know yeah. when nobody else wanted me anymore absolutely <laughs> uh but and and i've i've loved it i love the freedom of it yeah. and you can you can do anything you want i too have evolved uh here on the intranets yeah well i remember when i was nine years old sitting in my bedroom with a tape recorder and a turntable making my own pretend radio shows and now i'm doing exactly the same thing at, at age almost 48 right. years old it comes full circle <laughs> i love it so we'll be we'll be drooling again soon too I, oh exactly i can't wait for the drooling <laughs> that's gonna be exciting uh okay so speaking of drooling donald trump uh has sexually harassed another woman and this time it's a, a former staffer named alva johnson who he apparently forcibly kissed her on the mouth which I can only imagine. Try to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time I see that, and we've seen situations like that, we've seen pictures and some video of him trying to kiss women. And I can only imagine the first person perspective, the first person point of view of being the kiss. <laughs> you you want to see the POV on that, eh? Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you Do imagine? You really? Do you, careful what you wish for, Bob. <laughs> Think about. Is that what you really want? I, I can't even imagine. I mean, just it's it's like it's like a bag of sourdough coming closer and closer, just like drooling and the mouth and lips and grossness. I can't even imagine that. But I mean, here we have another situation where Donald Trump is forcing himself uh, on women and and illustrating what we heard in that Access Hollywood tape. When, quite frankly, the entire thing should have exploded, and it and it didn't. The entire his twenty second, his twenty second accused 
accuser. Uh, yeah. This, I'm sure, will be ferreted out. She is the first woman to come forward uh, since he has taken the oath of office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's and, right. And so, you know, it's it, but it continues, as you said. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, where this case and, for that matter, the 21 other cases go. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, we've had some breaking news uh, while Uh-oh. we're doing the show. Uh, it, yeah, it's always, uh, I'll give you the, the worst oh, news first. Okay. Uh, uh, new documents from Homeland Security show that more than 4,500 complaints of sexual abuse against unaccompanied minors in U.S. custody occurred between 2014 and 2018. Oh, Jesus so Christ. So it's not just, I mean, it's, yes, it gets worse, and yes, there's more. We'll be hearing more about that uh, earlier in the show, and I'm sorry I didn't notice this sooner. Uh, North Carolina's Republican uh, candidate, Mark Harris, says he will not run in the redo oh my God. of the election. So uh, this this looks like a, a seat that's going to the Democrats, but we'll we'll see how it goes. So, so the first story, does that have to do with um, children who are in custody of children ICE? Children apprehended or? at the border. Uh, right. Yeah. These are children apprehended at the border. Unaccompanied minors. So 4,500 Sexual assaults, right. four thousand five hundred. Right to put it to put it in a more dramatic way, perhaps. Uh, 40, sometimes I think forty five hundred gets lost on us. Four thousand five hundred oh unaccompanied children, uh, complaints of abuse, and uh, it's it's a, something we've wondered and worried about and feared, and uh, apparently it's true. And there may be more to this, and because this is a sort of a breaking story, I'm sure we'll be learning more about it. But yeah. that's. One of the things you can expect in what is otherwise an insanely busy news week. Well, I would expect, too, that a lot of the, what took place between 2014 and 2017 was not the uh, the bulk of the sexual assaults. I would imagine a lot of the sexual assaults happened after Donald Trump implemented this child separation, family separation policy, because there was a, a gigantic, obviously, upswing in the number of children who were tossed into right. these internment exactly. camps. Exactly, yeah. I, I, this, would, this would include 2016, 2017, and 2018 yeah. uh, in those numbers. And, and you're right, most of that uh, seemingly would have occurred uh, during the time that apprehension of unaccompanied minors uh, and detention of them uh, was on the upswing. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to find out that there were many more under the Trump administration than under the Obama administration. But and yet, you can you can probably expect Fox News Channel is going to say, "Oh well, it happened under Obama, so clearly it's not wrong." It uh, actually started uh, very near the start of the Trump administration. It's been going on for longer than the public has been conscious of. Oh, no, did you say, because I, I may have missed the first date. Didn't you say 2014 or did you say 2015? I, I, no, the first date was, no, you're correct. Oh, 2014. It was okay. 2014, so okay. uh, some of those complaints came in between 2014 and the fall of 2016. Gotcha. Uh, but but from uh, that period of time on to December 31st, 2018, yeah. uh, that's on Trump's watch. That's when the increase occurred. And so uh, until we see the numbers, I think we can safely presume that uh, the bulk of those uh, abuse cases occurred uh, during the time that the, the bulk of the apprehensions occurred. You know, interesting that we've got a, a president who right before the election was uh, admitting to grabbing women by the pussies. And mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. fascinating that one of the consequences of electing a president like that is we've got this gigantic upswing in sexual assaults. Like, for example, 
Um, and I want to make sure we get this in on the free show here is a discussion of this Alex Acosta, Jeffrey Epstein story, which ought to be one of the major stories of our time right now. But, uh, but you know, yeah. r- rightfully or wrongfully, it, it ends up getting buried in all of the other news stories, which uh, tell me about it. I would yeah. love to get in that story. It's extremely important, as you have pointed out. It is a, a slightly more complicated than usual story to tell. I've yeah. noticed that's one thing. And there is, as you also pointed out, so much going on. It's in my queue this week. Huh? Good luck this week with <laughs> with, with North Korea, yeah. uh, you know, and, and uh, Michael Cohen's testimony and all the other things that are going on. It's... Uh, this is a crazy week. So you're going to have like a four and a half hour newscast on Thursday, right? So thing, oh my God, I hope not. Well, I can only do so much. I'm just one man, Bob. <laughs> yeah, geez. Uh, you know, but <laughs> um, hey, somehow, somehow I manage, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll pull it out again this week one way or another. But mm. I, I desperately want to get to that story and tell it because it's uh, very important. But it's something that it takes a lot of time to uh, assemble everything and write. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with everything else going on, it's going to be hard to physically get all that done. So I'm going to keep it in my queue and get to it when I can, but it's exactly for the reason that you said. Yeah, well, so those of you who haven't heard about this story yet have only caught little bits and pieces of it here and there because I see Jeffrey Epstein's picture come up in Twitter all the time. But the fact is is that this guy, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, has been accused that in in 2008 he was organizing a network of of underage girls to engage in sex acts, basically human trafficking. You know the the movie Taken with uh, Liam Neeson where they have that that brothel that's all kidnapped underage girls and then these wealthy uh people these billionaires come in and they bid on which women they get to have sex with or girls i should say that they have yeah. sex with well, well now that the, i've heard about it i'm glad i haven't seen it but yeah go ahead <laughs> right well, well he's uh he's in, he's involved in something like that uh, this guy jeffrey epstein he's also uh, allegedly enlisted girls to recruit uh even more victims so he's getting the girls that he's having sex with to get right. more girls for him right. to have sex with as part of this uh, human trafficking ring. And what happened was, is when this guy was caught and indicted on these crimes, um, this uh, U.S. attorney named Alex Acosta uh, uh, cut a deal where he was basically, he got away with all of it. It was a plea agreement that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was able to walk scot-free. And he never notified the families uh, of the victims that he was going to do this, which I think is required by law. And now this guy, Alex Acosta, who was the U.S. attorney who uh, led Jeffrey Epstein off on a plea agreement, Uh is now our Secretary of Labor under Donald Trump. Well, who knows more about labor than, you know... (laughs) God, human traffickers. That's right. Well, I mean, the latest news on this front, too, is that this uh, U.S. District Judge Kenneth Mira uh, last Thursday gave federal prosecutors 15 days to respond to a ruling in which he said that uh, Alex Acosta broke the law in the Jeffrey Epstein underage sex case. So, yeah, I think by not informing the families, there's a there's a victims act that requires the victims and their families to be notified in a case like this. And he didn't even do that. He just mm-hmm. cut this this bizarre, inexplicable deal. I'm sure there is an explanation. We just don't know it yet. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, did, did cut the families out of the process entirely. Well, mm-hmm. that's uh, not only an uh, extremely crappy thing to do, it's illegal. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Donald Trump is good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Just want to pass oh, it along to him. I am so, there's so that little, surprised. little detail, too. God damn it. God Damn it. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, uh, the, the, the so ha- women being kissed, uh, uh, girls yeah. being trafficked, 
Yeah. Uh, children being sexually assaulted. Uh, I'd say the presidency's going pretty well so far. <laughs> That's right. But, I mean, this plea deal is staggering. Epstein was convicted uh, in the state court. Of uh-huh. just of simply soliciting an underage girl for prostitution. That was the that was part of the plea deal. A Miami Herald investigation by uh, Julie Brown in November noted that the allegations against Epstein were originally broader, accusing him of uh-huh. of coercing dozens of underage girls into sex acts. And, you know, the, the obviously the thing with Donald Trump too is that Donald Trump is downplaying this whole thing like he does with all of his friends in Vladimir right. Putin, right? Oh, Which is especially ironic because although the charges involve dozens of girls, yeah. uh, we understand it's really hundreds mm-hmm. of girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know but what? But he's playing it down, yeah. All right. And I, again, I want to underscore by saying that I, I have no direct evidence of any of this shit as far as Donald Trump goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump frequented establishments like that, uh, where you go in and you have sex, you pay a, a premium uh, to have sex with underage girls uh, in uh, who are caught up in, uh, in in human trafficking rings. And thank thank goodness Bob Kraft prefers adult women. Yet yet another Donald Trump pal who's embroiled and, in a, a sex scandal of. My, of my God, I, I would think Kimberly would have a thing or two to say this week between uh, Trump and Bob Kraft yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, the, the, what is R. Kelly. Mm. Uh, the list goes on. The the, the uh, Virginia lawmaker. I mean, everywhere you look, there are these men forcing sex scandals. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't blame women for walking around screaming this right now. You can't keep getting away with it. Yeah, I mean, all Hopefully these guys. Can't. He can't keep getting away with it. Yeah, all these guys getting away with it, except for now, R. Kelly is finally caught, which is uh, which is good news. And then, um, but he was able to stop at McDonald's, at the Rock and yeah. Roll McDonald's in Chicago, and, right, and right. sign autographs for his fans. <laughs> he still has fans. <laughs> yeah, I, amazingly enough, he still does. You know, Donald Trump still has fans. It's kind of weird and creepy, but there they are. People are uh, funny, aren't they? Yeah. Again, another question that I would ask Michael Cohen is: Donald uh-huh. has Donald Trump been involved in any uh, uh, brothels uh, that that engage in human trafficking of uh, underage girls? Has is Donald Trump hung out? Yeah. Is he spent time with Jeffrey Epstein at one of these places? Well, he's probably spent time with Epstein. He may have been to a party or two. I I don't know, but uh, I don't know that Michael Cohen would know the answer to that. Even the fix-it guy might know that, unless uh, charges or lawsuits were threatened. I don't know that Cohen would be informed. Yep. Uh, The Miami Herald identified 80 victims, many between ages 13 and 16 who said Epstein had sexually abused or molested them between 2001 and 2006. Eight of them agreed to be interviewed by the Miami Herald, four on video. Uh, This is just a horrible, horrible story, and I don't know why the fuck Alex Acosta is still employed by the federal government, accepting money from us American taxpayers. I don't condone violence, but here's what you need to know about a guy (laughs) like that who goes to prison. Yeah. The other prisoners, they have wives and daughters and Mm -hmm. girlfriends, and they don't take well to this sort of criminal. No. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. See also uh, Batman v Superman, where Batman was branding all the criminals so they could be assaulted in prison. (laughs) You know, so there would be a a third-party comeuppance for uh, some of these crooks. So, wow. I'm I'm not necessarily saying that that should happen to these people, but if it does... Womp womp. It worked for it worked for womp, Batman. And womp womp.
There's your truth. All right, Buzz Burbank can be found at buzzburbank.com, also at Michael J. Elston on Twitter, and realmnetwork.com, also on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. Buzz Burbank coming up this Thursday. Postmortem show is next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.